Ali, hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. Being in Germany, I just drove my son KJ to the airport and he went back to Vancouver. So slowly the, the summertime comes to an end here, the summer holidays. Walter also has to go back to school in one week. And yeah, so, and overall, the strike is continuing. You saw I was in one of the like TV news shows where uh, they're reporting about the strike. And I, I said about the, the offer for the writers, um, this kind of like, you know, they went, I think, 35 to 40 percent offered them 30 to 40% more to be in the writer's room, to be an on-staff writer. And the, the, the weekly salary of them is n between nine and $14,000. So that is almost 50 grand a month. So, you know, I mean, we always have to be like, when you know, when you see them on the strike now, it looks like they're fighting for the little man, but I think the little man is making 50,000 bucks a year and not a month. So it's this kind of bad taste in that strike in a way, right? Because we, we all know that a lot of people in the film business earning exorbitant amount of money. Oh, yeah. Also crew people making way, way more money as, uh, let's say you're a trade tradespeople, you go to houses, you're an electrician, you're a carpenter, whatever, right? So you make three, four hundred bucks a day. You do the same on a film set, you make seven to eight hundred bucks a day. And you get catering. If you work on a construction site, you bring your own food. You know, shit like this. Yeah, like, like the craft services. Yeah, craft services and all the shit. Like, so you, when you're on a film shoot, basically for five days a week, you don't have any food costs for your own house. And, you know, and all that stuff, and you get fuel and you get per diem and you get this and that. And I mean, actors, the minimum salary for an actor uh, in a little, little show is around 400 bucks a day. And in a normal show, it's around six, 700 bucks a day, plus fringes, whatever. And, uh, oh, oh, you're getting a call. Yeah, I'm getting a call. And. Uh, yeah, I know. Wait one second, I have to. It's for a friend from my, from my son who's here, and the, the mother uh, called. Wait one second here. Uh huh. Hello. 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 Wait a minute. Äh, ja, ich rufe nachher zurück. Die spielen gut auf dem Trampolin gerade. Ich bin gerade in einem äh, Business Call und äh, ich melde mich danach. Aber die spielen auf dem Trampolin, die haben Pizza gegessen. Es ist alles gut. So, I had to calm down the mother. Hopefully she is okay with that. The buddy stays a little longer here. They're playing very well together. And Natalie came back, my wife, yesterday also from, the, from her trip to Vancouver. So it's like very... Uh, big fluctuation here in the household right now yeah full house there huh yeah and uh no yeah but about the strike i mean what, what are your thoughts about it i really wanted to end i think that 
they should be reasonable in their demands. They shouldn't ask for too, too much. It's not like a situation where you ask for too much and then the other side is like, well, how about I give you this and this, you know, like, I think that they should take what they can get um, just to get back to work, just to get back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, If 30 to 40% is what they're offering, I think they should take it. I think that sounds very reasonable. Um, And that's pretty much it. The actors never met with the AMTP. Did they not? I didn't know that. It's only the writers so far. I mean, the actors are just flipping out and making speeches and everybody's railed up. And I didn't read one article that the actors coming to terms. And uh, the actors have, of course, the same thing with the AI, what the writers have. And, um, you know, it's just kind of like you, you never know in what direction it goes now. But... Uh, well, like I, 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 I saw this thing with that that actress from Snow White, the Rachel Ziegler. Yeah, uh, I I saw that she said that she should be paid every hour that Snow White is streamed. I think that's an unreasonable demand, honestly. Um, for, as an actor, I hate to say it, she's already getting paid a huge amount. Uh, what I mean, it's like. Uh, it's either or for me as a look i went in all my film career in major personal risks and didn't get any pay and i'm the driving force of my films right a lot yeah. of I'm the producer director writer i play a little cameo i'm there from a to z i'm working the longest and the longest time period and the longest days and hours on my films and a lot of times i paid basically myself nothing and went in the risk that if the movie doesn't sell, I don't get any money back or I, I, I don't get profits or whatsoever, right? And I, so you have to decide also what are you as an actor? Are you an entrepreneur or are you just a paid actor or are you a paid uh, a writer? Or, you know, and I think it's, it's this kind of like from I'm talking here right now just as a producer, you know, not as a filmmaker myself, but as a producer, it is kind of totally unfair that nobody wants to be with you in bad times, but they all want their share in the good times, you know? And that is the thing what I what I don't like in all of this discussion, you know? It's like, if you, let's say you're Snow White, whatever, and you get paid like 10 grand a day to shoot that TV series or whatever it is. And so you have whatever 50 days you have a half a million bucks on your account you know <laughs> and then sorry and then uh you then it's successful and you want more money that should be all negotiated before and it should be in all the contracts as either or or it, it's basically you have a contract like yeah you get 50 days 10 grand a day and you get per 10 million views on Netflix, another 10K, another 50K, you know, that should be negotiated like this. And I think the, the, the streamers and everybody is open for this kind of deals, you know, but what they not are open is that basically you pay a whole production and then no matter how many people watch it from the first stream on, you have to account residuals and royalties to everybody who was involved in that production. Yeah. Sorry, That's but- why shit gets pulled. You know what I mean? 
Yes, that, yeah, but it's the thing. It's like, you know, that you if something flops, they don't have to pay their salary back. You know, and that is the thing. It's like, I, I feel there's a lot of miscommunication. And I think now the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild, they move to this like kind of proud, that's so proud and so, you know, like, ah, now we fucking them, we go for it. And they don't even know what they're going for anymore. I yeah. mean, if you get, if you work in any, uh, whatever, you're a driver, not in the film business, like a driver, or you work for a, uh, the government or you, whatever, right? Normally, your union is negotiating like a two to 3% raise per year to go with the inflation. That is what's happening, right? And now we have here a strike on film level where a lot of people who are actually working, I'm not talking about all the people who don't work or who try to work and don't make a living as actors. There are like maybe a hundred thousand actors who cannot live from what they're doing, but that strike will also not help them getting a job. So now I'm talking about only the people that actually work. So these people, uh, it cannot be that they're getting now offered basically 20 to 30% uh, more money and they don't come to terms here you know because yeah. they also have a responsibility to all the crew people to all the caterers to to all the drivers the electricians the tradespeople, the production designers the studios who are all fucked based on that strike because of course since the actors strike it's over there is nothing going on you know so everything is like closed shop and uh, and that is the thing, and and they uh, need have they need a living too, you know. And that is the thing. When I this week I heard that that speech from Ron Perman, who was in my in the name of the King film, and I really like him, and a great sense of humor, and we had a very good relationship, and you know, and he's a great actor. But when he acts like he talks here for the middle class, uh. That is wrong. I mean, the guy got like whatever seven hundred grand to play in my in the name of the king, you know, and he played Hellboy and whatsoever. So Ron Perman is for sure uh, somebody who normally per year makes seven figures. Yeah, you know. So and with this, you're already in the zero point five percent of the population, if if not even higher, and so. That is not the middle class. So, you know, only because like a Ted Sarandos or whatever, like this studio heads, whatever, making 30, 40, 50 million a year, that doesn't mean that if you make a million or two a year, that you are middle class. <laughs> no, you're like the totally high end earner in a population where the average uh, of, uh, of people in America making 50 grand a year. So, I mean, that is, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and I think that it's kind of ridiculous, you know, and they, they're not getting more sympathy points in stretching the strike out longer without crystal clear, uh, also putting the points out like these are the three points they're not fulfilled, and we would settle on this, or we would make you know, like stuff like this. I mean, you have to also put something on paper to say. That is our offer to you, AMTP, uh, you know, and, and uh, uh, what is your counter to this? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's getting, 
gritty. And for example, we filed, as you know, for with the Screen Actors Guild, we filed for my 12 hours film, the Kingmaker film for South Africa, a total independent film. We filed to get a permit to shoot that film during the strike. We we didn't get it. We didn't hear anything. And I mean, who can be more independent as, as my films? Not backed by studios, not backed by streamers. You know, and I didn't get the permit to shoot my film or to go for cast to get to get cast now. Uh, you know, and then you read like who got permits, like uh, and has a way, whatever, like big US stars shooting in US with the permit because they are not attached to a streamer or a studio. What is just plainly mostly not even true. And, uh, you know, they just have a backdoor deal and they know they're getting it all paid back by Amazon after whatever. Right. So but OK, that is the situation. But we didn't get the permit so far. Um, and so I'm, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a messed up situation for everybody because remember when Mark Ruffalo said, let's do all like be in the, uh, let's do independent films now where the strike is. Okay, but what, what, what big star jumped on an independent film? Nobody. Yeah, I think everybody's afraid to be called a scab. They're afraid yes. to be, yeah. Yes, nobody will do it. But, but, but what will the strike do when the strike ends in four, let's say the strike ends in four weeks. So what will happen? They'll all jump only on studio productions. They'll all jump for the big paycheck from the streamers. You know, they're not like, okay, now we do independent films. No, as soon as strike is over, they're getting bombarded. Every, every, uh, um, every uh, actor will get bombarded with offers to right away start filming something or right away finish uh, filming whatever they started before the strike and got interrupted by the strike. So, so you think that there's a little hypocrisy here? Yes, because it will actually totally damage independent films what's happening right now, because they, for independent films, nobody will do anything after. Hmm. You know, that, that is the thing. And then the, the whole kind of rigged system continues. And it, that is kind of totally ridiculous. Where you yeah. say, okay, you know, that is not like that idea we support here, independent films. No, the opposite. It's just that they want to work only for streamers. They want to work only for the studios. And they want just more money from them and more residuals uh, from them, even if they don't make money. They don't care, you know. So, and that that is the thing what makes me a little upset that I don't see here any benefit as an independent film director or film producer coming out of that situation. Yeah, you'd think that there would be a little bit uh, of something. But yeah, it seems like everybody is sitting on the sidelines, hoping that this will end. And you're right. When it ends, they'll probably go back to exactly the way that they were. And nothing will have changed except they'll make they'll be making more money. Exactly. So. <laughs> and they will force any independent producer to pay more money. Yeah. So it's not like it's about a cultural wave or something. It's really about money in the end of the day. Yeah. So no, it's all about the money, and it's it's also like um, when I when you know when I made offers for uh, the South African film, like I run numbers with U.S. buyers, and whatever you know, you have like Orlando Bloom. Then a U.S. buyer tells you, if you have Orlando Bloom, we pay you one and a half million for the U.S. Like as a guarantee payment, if you have Orlando Bloom, as an example. So. 
But Orlando Bloom's not doing anything under two million. Means you have to pay Orlando Bloom two million, but you get only one and a half million back. But of course, you have to shoot the film. <laughs> you have to film production costs on top. So whatever mass you do, we run other names. Uh, well, like whatever, Eastern Hawk, Cole Hauser, you know, like we run other names. And it's really like what these actors now want is way too high what their real value is in the marketplace. Hmm. But they get that money if they hired for a show like Cole Hauser in Yellowstone. I love him. Right. But Cole Hauser also did 30, 40 independent smaller films before and after. And it's basically not a real A-listing drag, like, like a sales force as an actor. You know, for me, Cole Hauser should get for a film 300K. But I heard he, he wants one and a half million now because of Yellowstone. So, you know, and that is the thing where you feel like, uh, okay, if that is all like uh, getting so over the top expensive now to hire actors who are not necessarily triggering a theatrical release, who are not uh, necessarily triggering huge sales around the globe. Well, I think somebody it's like exclusive. him, the guy from Yellowstone, I think that uh, he, he's kind of untested. I mean, what other movies has he done? You know, big movies. Oh, Cole Hauser did a lot of films, but always supporting. Yeah, okay. When you look him up on IMDb, and as I said, a rip is for me the best person in Yellowstone, and I love him. I would, I, I think for my South African film, he would be actually very good, but he doesn't trigger a big deal, a big sale. He would be perfect as an actor, you know, but then it's the thing if you basically give a guy like this the lead part in the film, uh, he should do that for like 250,000 bucks because he's the lead. He's the hero then in the film. He's not a supporting actor as he normally is, you know, but no, as soon as you want him for a lead, they will say, yeah, well, you need him for four weeks. Now you have to pay one and a half million bucks. Yeah. Okay. But if I have Luke Cole Hauser just offering it, I get from France, 50,000 from Germany, 80,000 from England, 50,000 from the U S 500,000. So it's not adding up to even pay Cole Hauser. But you have the film production costs, of course, on top. So, you know, that is the problem now for independent producers. You don't get the cast you need to support uh, that you get a big deal. So means also, and that you see in the streaming world too, like you have the passion projects where whatever Scarlett Johansson, everybody plays in a passion project with some directors who they know they will get to Cannes, they will get to Toronto, you know. So they're playing then with... Wes Anderson, whatever, like like uh, some directors, they play one one uh, film after the other for scale, you know, because then you do a Marvel film, you make 20 million, but they don't do that with me, for example, or with other real independent producers who are more genre movie driven and not necessarily doing art house movies. I think the problem that you have is that you've become like a pop culture joke and it's not even rooted in reality. It's just like something that everybody says, like uh, that's uh, it's overdone. And I think that it's a shame that people won't actually give you a chance and that they'll just write you off immediately just because they never, they never seen any of your movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but they've heard the joke, so they have to. They feel weak willed, and they have to go in on the joke and be like, "Yeah, he's terrible." 
he sounds like a terrible person. Like, give me a fucking break. They, they always go back to the stupid boxing thing and they make it sound like you, like, you tricked these people into this match and those poor souls and all this other crap. It's such bullshit. Yeah, and look, what happened this week? We released the first shift trailer. So go on YouTube, put in first shift trailer. So when yeah, you no. read the commentaries, everybody, oh my God, that looks amazing. And, and the trailer looks amazing, right? I mean, from the picture, it looks like a big New York police film. It looks gritty and it looks like it's very beautifully shot, honestly. Yes, better as the rookie, looks better as Blue Bloods, as CSI. It just looks better. It looks better because my camera people are better and what's right. And it totally works. Like the story totally works. People say, oh God, I love it. It's like bad boys. I want to see it. So then you read not the commentaries of the actually people that watch the trailer, just read the websites who put the trailer out. It's like, oh, I never liked Uwe Ball. The trailer looks cheap. You know, and some of the websites, I wrote an email. I said, if that trailer looks cheap, I, I don't really know if you watched it. But that is my biggest problem. As you said, I'm a, I'm a pop culture phenomenon. What totally uh, uh, doesn't get any credit for whatever I do. For whatever I do, because the people close their eyes and think it's more funny to say he boxed his critics as, oh, he did a masterpiece about the Darfur genocide. You know, I mean, Darfur, my film, is hands-on clearly better as every movie what was nominated this year for an Oscar. It's just more gripping. It's, it's and it totally, like, makes everybody cry. And it's a, an amazing film. Yeah, you're, you're film. I say um, one of the best Vietnam War films, a Southern Wall Street, one of the, the most gritty things, better as Wall Street 2 was from Oliver Stone. Whatever. The people write it. The people write it who watch the films, but not the reviewers. The reviewers constantly repeat the old crap. And then when people like agents who I want actors from, from CIA, UTA, whatever, just Google me, they don't read what they actually people wrote they only read what that website write when a ball has a new film or whatever that they uh, like like trashing me without giving it a fair shot or without even watching half of the films i did yeah it's fucked and up it, in this age of people there. like standing up to bullying that they were able to do this because it really is like internet bullying i don't yes. think that you've earned it and i think that it's it shows how weak-willed people are. We live in a society right now where people care very much <clears throat> what other people think of them. And people are afraid to stand up and say, hey, I like this. And so so sue me. You know what I mean? They, they're afraid to say that. They go along with all the other people. Like, ho, 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 ho. Like we're yeah. fucking Beavis and Butthead or something. It's fucking ridiculous. It's it should be illegal if you ask me. Uh, and I think that you haven't earned it. I think that gamers are just fucking really immature. It's like a double-edged sword. They're very immature. They're very um, uh, almost like sociopathic. They don't care who they hurt. To, to them, you're not even human. And you don't deserve any kind of sympathy or empathy, which is it fucking... Like I said, it's it's hypocritical of this society that we live in where 
everybody gets a medal, nobody can be bullied, but yet they can treat you this way and it's okay. You know what I mean? It's fucking yeah. bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Totally. And now, yeah, but that is uh, what we're living with, and I think it's it's totally absurd. Uh, but let's talk about two or three other things. So I watched Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Doku on Netflix. Oh. Uh, did you watch that? No, but I've been following it in the news, and I think it's fucking crazy. She, her, she took a dump on the bed. <laughs> or put the, 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 the poo in the bed. <laughs> I, I know I watched it, and, and uh, so it's also like this kind of like, I'm always trying to stay completely political, neutral, seed with open eyes. And I think here two people found each other who are both very problematic, crazy, addictive uh, sociopaths, both. Because okay. when, when you, I mean, Amber Hart lost the case because she is like not believable when he, she cries and whatever. Nobody believed her, the tears, whatever. Everybody thought she's just in it for the money in general. So, and then she said she donated, she got 7 million in a divorce and she had, she donated it to uh, whatever the LA hospital and something else. And then she got grilled on the stand and it turned out she paid 250,000 and the rest she kept. So she lied. And because she lied about the donation of the divorce settlement, nobody believed her a word after, and she uh, lost. So, and Johnny Depp got 10 million bucks, but in the end he accepted 1 million and they settled it. But the reality is, I don't want to work with Johnny Depp. It's for me the result out of watching that show, because he's maybe a great actor, but he is like fucked up. He's totally fucked up. He was always drunk, always took drugs. He, uh, uh, you cannot even look in his eyes. He has like tons of assistant people. They all look like they're just fixers and bringing him drugs and whatever. Flies around with private jets, gives a shit about the environment, gives a shit about everybody. Well, you know, he lives that rock star lifestyle. You know, he's got that band Hollywood Vampires with Alice Cooper. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. It's, it's just like a horrible, horrible character. And I don't even know what to say, but I would, I would not want to work with a guy like this. It's like very bad. And uh, that's a shame. I, that's a shame because yeah. he's such a great actor. Yeah, he's great. And I, 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 a lot of films are, are great from him. And I definitely don't want to work with Amber Heard. But that is like, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, they, they were both bad people. They got married and started fighting the same day. Yeah. You know, this is how can situations escalate so much? You know, this kind of like he's passed out full of ice cream on the couch and then they give her shit because she made the photo because she's a gold digger. And, you know, and they felt like she's only photographing him when he's drunk or under drugs that you can use it. The court against him. And it's possibly true. Right. So I have no feelings for both of them. And I think it's just horrible, horrible people who are far away from any normal life, who are like just going out there and consume and spending money and making money and suing each other and dragging everything in the public. There was 
you know what they remind me of? They remind me of the War of the Roses. Remember that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great. Justin <laughs> Turner and Michael Douglas. That was that was really great. You know. So, yeah. Okay. So then, next subject matter is Trump. Trump. What? Trump. No. Let, let's do Trump last. Okay. Let's do now pre-Goshen. Oh. Fresh, the Wagner military leader. So. So what what you thought about when you read that news? I thought that it was fucking pre-planned. I think of course he's getting killed after what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it, everybody else felt always out of the window somewhere that didn't work with precaution. So they had to just basically make the whole airplane explode. Uh I mean that was the thing when he stopped marching towards Moscow. Yeah. Everybody was feeling like, what the fuck? You know, you yeah. marched towards Moscow with 20,000 soldiers and you basically put in his back and you're taking over. And then like two hours later, you stop it and you walk away. So what do you think Putin's reaction to this movement would be? I don't think he's going to let it go. I know we all know Putin. You know what yeah. I mean? He's, yeah. he's That guy was signing his fucking death sentence when he walked away. It's so if you're going to do something like that, you got to fucking do it. You know what exactly. I mean? That's what I meant. Like, if you want to do, like, you want to take over, you need to kill the dictator. Or you're dead. That is yeah. always the same. You know, if you try a coup and it doesn't work, look at Stauffenberg with Hitler or whatever, right? They were all dead. I mean, it is the normal reaction of a dictator if you want to take over from him. So that was, for me, totally strange. Then it looked for a time that they are the best buddies again. You know, and the Wagner troops are working for him again. They all went to Belarus uh, and, and, and like next door and everybody thought, okay, what, what are they now doing there? And then did like maneuvers in front of the, the border to Poland, what is a NATO member. And so nobody really know what were the Wagner guys now doing actually. So, and then this news came. I had one other possible way for that news is because we all know he was very rich pre right? What is if he's now in the Bermudas and there were other people in the airplane? <laughs> uh, because they're all burned, right? They cannot really identify the bodies. And the Russian government is identifying the bodies. So the Russian government could make anybody there in the airplane. So, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and I felt like what pre-Goshen? There was from, from, from uh, St. Petersburg on the way to Moscow, a private jet. Would he really do this? Knowing who is like out there now to finish him off or whatever. I mean, would you not scan that machine if there is a bomb in or something? I mean, that is the thing what I don't get. Prigozhin was a professional, right? He had like 25,000 25, mercenaries working for him. So I don't get it. It's like, what is if he took the money and run or Putin gave him an out this way? Another possibility. Okay. You know? Interesting. These are interesting theories. Yes. I I don't know. You know, like, maybe it's dead. As we we said, like, it's 100% normal if he would be dead. It's 100% normal kind of move from Putin. And there's another thing that came out this week. Uh, The pipeline. There was that gas pipeline between Russia and Germany. And it was blown up in the North Sea. Uh, like a year ago, whenever it was, one and a half years ago almost. And yeah. 
it turned out the Ukrainians did it. So it's, oh, they found out who did it. Yeah, okay, they found out. And so, what is now the reaction? You know, I mean, the German reaction is it doesn't matter. But normally, as Germany, you would say, look, this pipeline were billions of dollars to build. And why destroying it? I mean, it was shut down at the point, right? So we were not taking more Russian gas through it. So, but the Ukrainians wanted to make sure we cannot get Russian gas anymore. We cannot change position and supporting or not supporting the Ukraine anymore. Stuff like this, right? So, and I'm very mad about it. Yeah. On German territory, there was a terror attack from Ukrainian people uh, in the ocean on German territory from the same people we're supporting with weapons and money every week. We have 1.4 million Ukrainian refugees in Germany. So, wow. Yeah, really a lot, right? So, and I would say now, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I mean, it is ridiculous. You know, so I mean, we switched the pipeline off to Russia. So why destroying it? That is a terror attack against Germany and German property. And for me, that is like uh, would have repercussions in my political stand about helping Ukraine or not. But nobody cares. Everybody gives Ukraine all the weapons they need to drag out the war forever. And that I think brings us to Trump and all the Republican the Republican debate. Uh, this week. Yeah, the so debate want, that he wouldn't even attend. Yeah, so yeah, I know he he talked to Tucker Carlson. Uh, I felt his talk with Tucker Carlson was more boring. I think the the debate was more fire, more entertaining. You know, yeah. so and all of them would not really support the Ukraine anymore. For example, okay, yeah, that was my my take from this uh you know who's the best republican candidate for president it's chris christie okay did you not saw anything of it you didn't watch anything like on youtube or something Uh, so because i watched the tucker carlson thing and i thought that it was a big fluff piece i thought that he didn't answer any questions that were actually relevant it was all about fucking trump it was all about him I didn't see the debate, but I read about the other debate. Uh, so I only saw one of them, sadly. They called that they talked about Epstein, Trump, and you know, and then where, where Tucker Carlson said Epstein got hundred percent murdered, and Trump was totally like blocking it off and gave a shit about it. I think that stuff has nothing to do with presenting a candidate who wants to be president. At the same time, <laughs> Trump is making money out of his mugshot he got on his arrest number five in the last two months where he gets arrested and then free because of a bail. It, it's the most absurd thing. Wag the dog, the film, was a joke in comparison to what's going on in, in the real American politics. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I yeah. think things are getting out of control. I don't know, but I think that Trump has earned it. I think all these people saying that the justice system is being weaponized are full of shit. I think that sore that Trump fucked up so bad that he's being held accountable. Uh, And, you know, I think it's hypocritical because the Republicans are the party that are supposed to be all about the rule of law. But yet when it implicates one of their own, suddenly 
it's it's hypocrisy it's anti-american it's against the law we need to do um a, you know investigate from jim jordan and all this other shit i think that they're they should be ashamed of themselves and that history will they they're not going to rewrite history to in their favor whoever is involved with all these shady which is like a good portion of the republican party whoever's involved with this is going to be held accountable eventually and they're going to be remembered as bigots and etc they they seem to think that if they put trump back in power that they can rewrite everything yeah of course if he's getting if he, um, for him it's basically the end or president yeah one of the two right so he, it's the highest gamble you can do you go for the highest job in the world or you go to jail but will the Republicans nominate someone who didn't even attend their fucking debate? Yeah, but it's the first one. It was clever not to do it. You know, he wants like to, to get rid of the, the losers in the round. People have no chance whatsoever. And, uh, you know, but Chris Christie, I think, he, look, he's, he was the only one who said, basically, when they said, if Trump wins again, will you support him? Will you vote for him? And he's, he was the only one not lifting up his hand. And uh, I think it's important that there are some Republicans say, uh, and Chris Christie said it in the debate, he said the conduct of the president, no matter what criminal actions he did, but the co general conduct, the general way Trump is on the international political like platform and everything, is ridiculous. It's just like he makes things out of his ass. He has zero historical background knowledge at all. You know, everything what he cannot Google within five seconds will never reach his brain. And, uh, and that is how he makes all his political decisions. You know, when he said to Tucker Kaz, I will finish the, the Ukraine war is bad. And we have to finish it. Yeah, I'm 100% with Trump. We said that the whole time it's not worth the lives and the money spent and the weapons spent and people dying and in PSD and everything. But but I'm sure he has no clue what he would actually do when he's in charge. You know, he would call Putin and say, ah, can we not wrap it up? I promised it at my at my uh, inauguration or whatever. I promised to finish it, right? But so he but but he doesn't have like he's just a fixer, right? He's running around and making things up as he goes, like last week we said he has, or, or Rudy Giuliani also, where both said they have absolute evidence that the election was stolen, whatever. But oh, we yeah. all don't. I mean, it is so clear that they have no evidence, otherwise the evidence would be <laughs> on the table before the inauguration or after directly, right? So that, there is no evidence because the election was not stolen. It was not cheated. So... And that is the thing that you still can say this is so absurd and absolutely unacceptable. It would be like Germany never lost a second world war. There was no Holocaust. You know, like stuff like this. I mean, what, 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 in what world we're living? I mean, there are some fucking facts and the facts are that he lost the election. He's repeating shit that he knows his followers want to hear. He's hoping that the power of suggestion will keep him afloat. You know what I mean? 
that if, if, if he goes to jail and everybody thinks that it's a crime, that somehow he'll be exonerated eventually. But he's full of shit. Yeah, he's full of shit, nothing else. And the best was that he made directly money on T-shirts and, mug- and his coffee pots, whatever, with the coffee cups, with the mud shot. You saw that? Yeah, I did see that. He's, but he's, that is Donald Trump at his best, you know? He's so. bold. He's a bold person. And I think that's why people like him so much is because he's way out there and he does shit that's so um, shocking against what we're used to in politics. Politics is usually very boring. He makes it feel like a boxing match. But still, what he represents is wrong. And I think people need to remember that no matter how fun he is to watch, whether you love him or hate him, what he represents is uh, draconian return back to the 1800s. And you know what I mean? I, I don't I, I don't like what he represents and I don't support him. He represents a monarch monarchy and dictatorship he doesn't want that other people have something to say he wants to interfere with every department and everything and just every everybody who is in his way it, it needs to go that yeah is- it's like that movie v for vendetta do you see that yeah. yeah exactly you know and that is the same he, he likes people like putin because putin can do any crime you know putin had no biden biden yeah. would be dead before he ever runs for any election or yeah. in jail, you know, like Erdogan in Turkey is doing putting people in jail that want a candidate or want to run against him and stuff like this, you know. And so that is how they win elections then because everybody else is off the street and, and stuff like this. And that is what, what Trump loves, you know. So And it's so ridiculous that the Republicans just let that happen. But as you said, he's bold and he's the total antidote to the mainstream. And right now, since COVID, we have almost 50% of the population. They are completely emotional driven. They're pissed off about what, what happened with the shutdowns, what happened with the government, what, what happened everywhere. And they're mad. So they're willing to drop truce in exchange of you have a good show going on. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. I mean, I'm not a Biden fan. I'm totally not a Biden fan. But it's like, and I'm, I'm really pro not supporting the Ukraine war anymore. I really want that they get forced into a peace, you know, even if Ukraine has to give up some territories. And I think Putin would accept that. If you lift the sanctions, you take the arrest warrant off him, you leave him some territories, you leave him the Krim Harbor, and I think then you can make a deal with Putin. But for Zelensky, he said, no, we take the whole Ukraine back, no matter how many Ukrainians will die to try to do this. And no matter how long it takes, then it's our job to tell him, no, because you only fight because we pay the bills and send you the weapons the whole time. So, and we will have, we have a deadline where we say we need to wrap that up. You want to go through another winter where everybody gets like in the trenches, frozen to death, or you want to just have in fall a real peace talk uh, to to finish that that absurd war. You know, I don't want ever to die because of five kilometers land what somebody else wants to take. Yeah, 
that. So, not yet. I, I, I think that Biden, it sucks that we have to support Biden, but you know what's on the line that's really important is women's reproductive rights. I yes. think that at, at this point in history, if a Republican wins the presidency, we can say goodbye because the fucking Supreme Court is not protecting us. We can say goodbye on a state level to abortion access for women and uh, women's health care. Basically, people are going to be dying, our daughters, our neighbors. And I think that it's all like I said, it's bringing us back to the 1800s. It's bringing us back to a really archaic place. And I think it's bullshit. And I think all women need to stand up. Everybody needs to stand up and vote for Biden. It sucks. But this is the way it's got to be. You know, uh, the, 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 the things that are on the line are way too fucking important to vote Republican right now. Sadly, even though I don't agree with everything that Biden says and the Democrats say that one issue, uh, I think, is really important. Yes. Okay, that concludes, I think, our show today. We have 45 minutes. All right. Yeah, I wish you all the best. I hope you're good. Yeah, I hope I feel better. I'm still kind of meh, but, you know, whatever. I'll I get know. better. Yeah, it's like... A friend of mine was in South Korea, uh, and he said on the last day before he left a few days ago, everybody had a uh, mask on again because of COVID. Every- yeah, ev- everybody out there, COVID is going around. I caught it again. So, you know, if you want to stay home or stay out of crowds for a little while, wear your masks. I know it sucks, but would you rather get sick? Because I feel like shit, so... <laughs> Natalie thinks she got it too in Canada, so she doesn't feel. Since she arrived here, she feels like crap. Oh my god, really? That sucks. No, another friend of mine also. His son got it now. He is at home, and Lionsgate, the film production company, they put in uh, in their offices. You have to put a mask back on. Uh, I say it this way: the mask should be mandatory, not mandatory. It should be like on your free will. You want to protect you. You want to protect others, whatever, take the mask on. But yeah. under no circumstances, we can do shutdowns again. Under yeah. no, no I, that's why I say I fucking just stay home, stay home, you know? Yeah, it's your decision then, but leave the movies, theaters open, leave the restaurants, and we cannot destroy uh, our population again and all the small businesses. and uh, Yeah, the economy, exactly. And the kids, the, the psychological situation of kids with depressions and everything because they didn't went to school basically for, for one and a half years, had not enough social contacts. Uh, COVID for little kids is not really like super dangerous. Let them play with other kids. Don't shut, don't uh, isolate your kid. It's way more important to have social contact, to go to school, to the kindergarten, uh, let them do sports. Uh, so uh, a shutdown. I would not go for it this time. I mean, I really have to say, like, after the experience uh, with the first pandemic, um, when you see really who really died in the end on it, um, especially young people, uh, let's say everybody under 30, uh, doesn't have a huge risk. So let them do whatever they want. Yeah, I agree. And everybody, please follow us on Twitter. 
Uva is Uva Ball 7. I'm Gary Otto Zero. And there's the Uva Ball Raw USA main hub. We will see you next time on Uva Ball Raw USA. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.